Hello, welcome to Talking Usework. My name is Rui Branco and together with Anita Silva, we bring you a podcast where we interview usework experts and practitioners that have a say when it comes to innovation in usework, either because they are using creative methods to empower young people, researching on new trends, or responsible for use policies at international level. Like a shot of inspiration, all of our guests have a unique point of view about how can news workers shake up, upgrade, and innovate on their daily work. Hi everyone. In this episode, Rui and I talked to Pavo Pikonen. I know I'm probably not saying that correctly, so I'm sorry, Pavo. Pavo is a senior program advisor for the Finnish National Agency for the Erasmus Plus Youth Program. This is a European funding line for projects happening in the field of youth, namely international youth exchanges and other types of projects. A new period of funding just started now, and there are new features and new rules for applying. So youth organizations should be aware of these, and Pavo gave us some really important information about what's new there. But he also is a strong believer in the transformational power of youth exchanges in young people's lives. So we talked about what a youth exchange should feel like to the young people taking part and what does that mean for the youth workers on the backstage supporting youth in these types of projects. We found it very inspiring to hear an NA officer that is enthusiastic and passionate about supporting young people's projects. So welcome to our show and let's talk some youth work. Hello, Rui. Hello, Pavo. Hello, Anita. <laughs> so, as usual, we start with where we are. I am in the beautiful island of Madeira, which is a Portuguese island in the middle of the Atlantic. Rui, where are you? Uh, Carcavelos, as usual, near Lisbon. <laughs> and Pavo? I'm in Helsinki, Finland. In southern, southern Finland, it doesn't make it very southern in terms of Europe, but it's southern in, <laughs> in the terms of Finland, yeah. <laughs> It's springtime. We all want to be in south places, right? In the uh -huh. south. <laughs> Very well. Well, we are today talking with Pavel about uh, the new Erasmus Plus youth program. It just came out, what was it, three weeks ago, Pavel? Oh, it, it feels like a year ago, but yeah, it's very recent. Yep. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, uh, actually, Pavel, maybe we will explain this in a minute. Uh, what the Erasmus Plus is, just because we have a lot of uh, an audience in Australia and other parts of, of the world where this program is not so known, so we can shortly explain it. But um, to, to say that Pavo works on a national agency, the Finnish national agency for this program, that means that he's one of the persons responsible for implementing this funding line, this European program in Finland. Um, explain us what you do, Pavo. Well, because um, it's, it's all about the European budget. So there's some money that the member states pay and even the countries that are not member states but, but want to play with us with the, in, in these programs. They pay money that is then divided and distributed back to the countries so that we can all distribute it to the people who want it for their projects. We grant uh, different kind of projects for young people, youth workers. My work is about... Letting people know about this program, 
helping them to understand how to make good projects, supporting them in, in planning them and uh, assessing applications and training, cre creating training plans and training so that the people understand how to utilize it and make it make it good for themselves. Fantastic. I think that was a very good explanation. So the program itself, Erasmus Plus, is dedicated for supporting activities with young people in different contexts, correct? Yeah. Um, both formal sector, like formal school, but also uh, for NGOs and non-formal education. And actually here today, we're going to talk about action one of this of this program. Can you explain briefly what it is or what it is key action one and youth exchanges in specific? Yes, uh, the, the program is divided into actions, key actions, actually. And uh, um, the uh, key action one is called the mobilities. Mobilities is a term that is used for uh, referring to people going from one country to another. Uh, but we feel that it's a, a bit weird thing to say in the youth program because we don't just simply send people around. We have projects. We we you know we ask the young people what they want, what they need. We start planning from there. They are projects where the young people are involved, and 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 uh, you cannot just say that they are numbers that go from one country right. to another to another so um, but anyhow in these projects the idea is that you you do them internationally is one at least one of the groups will somehow travel from one country to another okay, youth that's... exchanges on the other hand yep you can be either the host of the youth exchange so then you don't travel but you get all the international goodies into your own country because your, <laughs> your partner groups are coming and that's another nice thing about it that you can be international at home. Very cool. So we're today we're going to focus on youth exchanges and key action one in general, let's say, but mostly youth exchanges um, and focusing on what's new on this new program. The new program uh, as a whole uh, has a raised budget, right? Now that the, the Erasmus Plus project has more money this time, right? Yep, it's about the double that we had um, for the last seven years is 26 billion euros. Billion is a lot of zeros. I'm not sure how many, to be honest. <laughs> um, but um, 26 billion. But then you have to see that that's for the whole of the uh, Erasmus program. And, and youth sector is roughly 10% of it. And then that remaining money we are dividing between all the seven years, between all the countries that are there. So... Um, what it means country by country, it's, it depends on the size of the country. Finland is a country of 5.5 million people. So our our budget, yearly budget now is something like 4 million euros that we can put into youth work. But this money also, it's a scheme that the commission makes that the first year of the program is a bit low and then it grows and grows and grows. So I think in seven years, we will have a lot more money in each country. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, so this is I, good news. I have a question because I, I I want to understand this. For example, it's double the money, but does that mean that the double the projects will be funded, or there will be more money for the same amount of projects? It means both. It doesn't mean the same. Hopefully, it doesn't mean the same amount of projects. <laughs> we hope that there will be a lot more projects, good projects that that do what what is meant to be done. 
but it also means that the projects get more money, which is a really, really, really a good thing for the youth work because youth work is very different in different parts of Europe. And uh, many of the organizations working in there wouldn't mind having a little bit more than, than we normally could grant from this program. Nowadays, you can have, well, it may be significantly more money for some and it can maybe support your organization a bit more and or it might support the young people a bit more. So I think that there's, uh, there are lots of good things packed in this program. Yeah. In, and before going into all the technicalities and budget issues, um, Pavel, I wanted to, to ask you, because I, I know you're very passionate and you, and you believe a lot in youth exchanges. Um, when we talk about mobilities, groups of young people, organizations and partners, it sounds a bit abstract. What is the experience of a young person in such a project? Or what should be the experience of a young person in such a project? I always imagine, and I, I tell this story many times, because I think that youth workers can somehow identify with the process. I, I tell them about a young person who who knows that the, there are people are abroad, you can travel, but you quite don't know how and you kind of maybe think that it's not for me and uh, whatever. But then you have this safe adult who tells you about the opportunity and you start to get interested mm-hmm. and you maybe question that, ah, oh, but I'm not good enough or whatever. But in a safe group with your friends, you start to get excited about it and the the adult helps you with planning your own plans, like whatever interests you and uh, what do you want to see? Who do you want to work with? What country do you want to see? And and it's a kind of exciting process. And maybe they don't even understand that somebody is writing an application and maybe they even write parts of it. I don't know. It can be different. Uh, but they, they probably recognize that, okay, now it's been applied but since it takes three months, they may even forget or maybe they are still excited. Maybe they start worrying that mm, what if it doesn't go through? And then when it, when they get a grant, imagine that, you know, the excitement. Oh, shit. Now it's real. We have to get start to get prepared. And oh, my God, what, what do we really have to do? And how do you buy tickets? And. How do we really do the things that we have planned? And uh, what do they think about us? And what do we think about them? And are they weird? Can do I like their food? I've never been <laughs> on plane. You know this kind of, you know all of these things. And as, as closer it comes to the to the actual exchange, you start feeling butterflies in your stomach, and and you have lots of insecurities, and you have to like you know grow and uh, and manage and uh, you know then you realize that they these are just young people like you and you share a lot of things that you thought you wouldn't share of course they have funny names and languages and you know habits or whatever but on the very basic level you understand it it's the same kind of youth and same kind of wishes the same kind of things you want to go for and afterwards you start thinking that, wow, I didn't know I had that in me. And uh, you miss the new friends and uh, you want to do a next one. And you suddenly you have, imagine it, that you have in yourself this capacity that you feel that I can do this. I did it once and I can do it again. 
And I, I'm also certain that we're not going to do that mistake again or that mistake again because that was, you know, felt weird or it was embarrassing. There's a lot of this kind of processes going on in the young people. And this is what we want to achieve in youth work. In exchanges, which are a bit like camps, that, that you know, groups of people come mm-hmm. together and stay there for a certain time. The process of, you know, growing up or whatever is kind of accelerated because there are so many new things that you are exposed to, things that you could not imagine. You imagine a lot of things, but a lot of things that you could not imagine happen. And the youth workers have said to me, I've been here in this job for 15 years and I've heard it many times that the young people that go and come are not the same people. They change so much. And this is why I think it's important. I think the most important thing is that the young people recognize the, the capacities in them. But as well as the fact that being foreign or being from a different culture is, is not that like weird, that many times we are very similar. Mm-hmm. Would that... Absolutely. <laughs> completely, yes. completely. Yes. I think Rubranko wants to join right now a youth exchange, right? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I've experienced some uh, Erasmus Plus uh, trainings, and I, I I believe that there are some points of contact, and not even young people, but even as adults, because I experienced it as an adult. Uh, and I was listening to you, and what the the expression that came to mind is is this shared humanity and all the struggles and the strengths and all the worries and all yeah. the joy. We start to see ourselves in the others and start to see the others in ourselves also. And I believe that uh, uh, usually uh, I was listening and I was also thinking that you put young people to a problem of. Uh, problem solving they have to start figuring out how to buy the, the plane tickets and organize this and organize that and you help them but they're they're part of the problem but they're also part of the solution and usually if we don't do anything they're just part of some kind of problem that maybe we don't get in, want to get involved they don't explain the problem to us and this creates a lot of points of contact Mm-hmm. True. And I think that this is also the role of, of youth work that um, many times we have to discuss the, the you know, the participation, the, the involvement of the young people. Many times adults think that the young, it's too difficult, the young people can't yeah. do it. Bullshit. Young people can do a lot of better things that we in our kind of like, you know, boxed heads mm-hmm. can do. And uh, I think that Another thing that the youth workers many times say that we didn't know that they are so capable of, or when we see programs that the young people, the activities that they create out of nothing, it's it's like that, wow, mm-hmm. like I never came to think of it. There's so much innovation and like creativity in there. And I think that it's nice that it, they can unleash it in different ways. Mm-hmm. And also because there's a different innovation, different creativity in different groups. So, you you know, you have these, you know, 
you see things that you didn't expect and maybe you can take them and bring home and bring forward and it's a it's a nice sort of an interaction between a lot of players i think it's a it's a great experience to expose young people to like you said really different problems that they have to solve but also to different realities uh, different cultures so obviously there's a lot of intercultural learning we are always talking about international youth exchanges here so people are actually traveling to a different country discovering different cultures um, and on that process, also discovering their own culture. So this can be very, very enriching. And what I feel is that a lot of times youth workers are protecting, like Pavel was saying, protecting the young people from being involved in the project management part, but actually involving them in this to, to the point of their capacities can really be a learning point as well, that they also learn a lot about how to implement such a project, how not to be afraid of applying for an international project, which sounds very complicated, but it doesn't have to be if you have the support of an adult. And maybe next time they see an application for a scholarship abroad, it doesn't look so scary. Or... Exactly. And do you know the other thing is that when the most heard of argument why young people are not involved in the planning of a project is that what if it doesn't get granted? Doesn't mm. it crush them? I mean, of course, but, you know, life is full of disappointments and that's one of the capacities that you have to learn to take. And we have, like, we don't intentionally just, you know, reject people for nothing. But sometimes you have to really just say that, I'm sorry, but you, we could not mm-hmm. grant you. And what I have seen that when the young people have been involved, they have more energy to make it better and apply again because they believe in it. Okay. If you have if you have projects where the young people have not been involved, nobody's crushed. Nobody will apply the same uh, project again because they think that there's something flaw in in the design of the project. And uh, you know it doesn't matter if it's uh, not granted because it doesn't really affect anybody's life. Exactly, and um, fortunately in the program you always get feedback, so all the pluses and minus aspects of your application are named to you, so you can use the same application, improve uh, what was not so well evaluated in this, and apply again on the next deadline. So this allows the young people to train this resilience and this capacity to rebound and apply again. And I think in that sense the program is quite educational, let's say. Uh, it's not just a yes or no, you're, you're out. It's really like hey, and a lot of a lot of NAs, a lot of NA officers like you, I know that you make an effort to motivate people to say, hey, reapply, just improve these aspects and reapply, right? Uh, if if we seek uh, capacity in the project that is maybe not ready yet or something mm-hmm. like that, we actively uh, contact them afterwards, saying that look, don't give up, mm-hmm. and let's see how we can put it t- together. And sometimes we have. And uh, we 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 do we're required to do what is called the supportive approach. So we are supposed to support the applicants and uh, and all. And and uh, in a small country like Finland, we can do that. We don't have that many applicants. We can be rather personal on the level. I think it's a different thing in Turkey or France or, or Germany mm-hmm. or whatever big country. And I uh, I think that it's worth of it because it's also that we get to be part of the. Kind of the youth work aspect and 
and uh, discuss about these things with the young people. The young people understand. Many times when you explain it, why why it didn't work, they say that mm, we kind of thought of that already. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great. It's, it's, it's we fun. just wanted to try it anyway, but yeah. <laughs> or we, we didn't have time to develop that part that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we know. Yeah, or sometimes true. maybe they say, oh, uh, uh, this person thought of that, but we thought it was too silly. Oh, maybe <laughs> that person was right. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Okay, so if people want to apply this year, uh, what are the deadlines this year for applying for uh, Key Action 1? Uh, this year we have two application rounds. Normally in each year we have three. But this is the first year of the new program and the commission is not really ready. So the next deadline is in two weeks, 11th of May. And if you're planning a project now, then just, you know, don't uh, <laughs> apply the next time, which is the 5th of uh, October. Mm-hmm. And um, 5th of October, it always means that when you apply, it, it takes three months before you can actually start the project. We have to assess the application and do a lot of administration and bureaucracy in between. But then um, it means that if you apply in in October, you can start the projects in the beginning of next year. Okay, very good. And there is differences on the number of young people that can take part in a youth exchange that can be part on of a group to go abroad or to, to to host right yep and this is one of the novelties because obviously in in order to you know have the same rules for everybody there there has to be certain uh, eligibility rules we say that a certain number of young people have to be involved and a certain number of partners and so on so it has to be between at least two uh, different uh, countries groups from two different countries mm-hmm. but it can be more uh, it's ca- the exchange can last from five days to 21 days plus all the traveling that might may take place um, and the young people you have to have at least 16 young people in a youth exchange up to 60 young people in a youth exchange. But there's a new rule, which I think is brilliant, that if you have young people that need more support and uh, and uh, who would benefit from being in a smaller group, then your group can be 10. And the whole I think group, that, I mean, all the, the partners together, the, group, the young people yeah. from different countries, in total 10. Mm-hmm. Exactly, That's like minimum. five or five, or like four or six or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, between two countries. Or... Mm-hmm. Or three and three and four, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. But but ten young people, first of all, it's safer. It's it's maybe you know gives the adults more time to give the support that the young people need. But they and maybe also allow the young people to be involved more because they don't have to take care about so many other people around them. Right, right. That's a good change. Yes. So smaller youth exchanges are possible right now. Yep. Okay, there's also a difference uh, in the budget because now there is some kind of a fixed amount per participant, which is for administrative costs. I hear a lot of youth workers are wondering about this. Can you explain a little bit what's going on with this um, part of the budget? Yeah, for seven years we have been uh, accustomed to the fact that we only get money for traveling and this, that little, little money for uh, covering the accommodation and foods. Uh, and then maybe if, if there's some uh, some special needs, we can cover that money. But 
This time they introduce a course called organizational course. And it means that, you know, just for the fact that you have 40 young people in your project, you get 100 euros for each of the young people. So it means 4,000 extra euros mm. for your projects of course you then decide how to divide it with the with you know partners and how to use it there are different kind of realities in europe maybe some organizations really don't have any any financing and they would benefit for the fact that they can i don't know pay themselves for a little fee or or something like that or rent a room where to organize mm. things or or that, and in, in in the Finnish setting where young people, uh, youth workers are professionals and civil servants and whatever, they can maybe like you know pay the daily allowances or something mm-hmm. like that out of that money. Or if the young people actually need more money for uh, like you know organizing something, covering costs that they have organized before the activity, linking to the activity, then that could be done as well. And do you know what? There's the other 100 euros that you can give to every young person with fewer opportunities. And even in the national agencies, we're a bit puzzled about this because we're not used to uh, this kind of rules that you just <laughs> you, you just say that these young people are young people with fewer opportunities and you get an extra 100 per each of those. So do you mean you can get the maximum, if you're working with young people with fewer opportunities, you would get 200 or 100? This is how it is. And, I, you know, I think that many of the NAs are a bit reluctant to say this rule uh, now because we don't, we're used to the fact that the commission gives really tight, <laughs> tight <laughs> rules. And now they didn't. And uh, it's, it's more like that if you belong to these uh, we call them inclusion categories where, you know, different kind of things that can affect your life that you you are less, uh, how, do, how do you say, a few, a few opportunities in comparison to your peers. It can be anything from disability or being an ethnic group or, or living in the countryside or faraway places or I don't know, social skills or not doing well in school or uh, I don't know. There's a lot of things that, that can put you in a position where you, you don't have the same opportunities as as your others. Yeah. And at least in Finland, we thought that who are we, first of all, to say that uh, do these young people need that money? Well, that's the rule. They We just give it. If you say that these young people are from from a, a rural place, then we give the extra hundred for each young young person. And is there a rule of how can you spend this uh, administrative money, this organizational grant? How, how do you call this category? Uh, organizational organizational costs. Yeah, that's uh, what it must be. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> organizational uh, costs. Is there rules of what can you pay from that? Can you buy a, a camera? Can you? What can you do with that? I think you can, because like, you know, the program guide is detailing all the rules and the program guide is really, 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 um, you know, vague about it (laughs) at the moment. But why do we have to imagine what are the things that the young people in those positions need? Because, for example, if I'm thinking about Finnish countryside, that you know, long distances, maybe you have to spend a night somewhere in order to plan together, or if maybe your 
daddy has to drive you around or whatever, whatever other cause, mm. that then you can cover that. Or maybe if it's like like evening things, like if, if you don't have, uh, I don't know, money for the camera, mm. but your group mm. like to take photographs, then buy a camera and mm. take photographs and use them in your, you know, dissemination activities and when you're telling about your projects to others. We don't know what you need the money for and I, I'm just happy that there's money and you can maybe, you know, put it in practice and, and, and use it for a good cause. Exactly, exactly. And this takes us also to another issue that also is related to budget but also to how you apply, which is there is a new system of accreditation uh, so now there is kind of different system for accredited organizations and non-accredited organizations. Can you clarify a bit that for us? If you're just a regular run-of-the-mill organization mm-hmm. who makes a, 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 you know, a project here and there, then you just apply for single projects like, like you normally would, like mm-hmm. two or three times a year. Uh, but if you want to use... Uh, international activities as a way of of reaching a goal that you have set for your mm-hmm. work or for your organization then you can apply for an accreditation it means that that you have to describe your goals your your organization your ways of working and if the national agency agency sees that this is a good way of working it's a meaningful plan and we grant you the accreditation then you just tell us how many projects you want to do each year and apply money for it without explaining each of the activities like you know all, all the mm. details and all the contents and and, and this like because that because we cannot know how the program will look like i mean our youth exchange will look like in two years for example so it's well exactly many of the youth exchanges they still work uh, with with the young people uh, normally that they they involve them and and then you know it's maybe hard to say even in the in the accredited organizations reality that how many exchanges you need to apply money for but uh, um, I think that it helps in in many ways that if you are if you make a lot of uh, exchanges anyway then uh, of course it's easier if you know that I have money for three exchanges this year mm-hmm. and the young people come and say that we'd like to do something internationally you can say we can start immediately we can do it whenever you're ready because you have the money you don't have to wait for the next deadline in three months Okay, so, so you are accredited for a year? No, for the whole program. Ah, for so the whole seven, program. seven years, yeah. But then you also have to be uh, kind of, you have to be serious with your with your strategy and you, you really want to have, make a change. So mm-hmm. not just like to ease your administrative burden, that's not the idea. The idea is to, to maybe, for example, involve small rural places from around the town and and try to spread the opportunity for other people or develop a way of involving a certain group of young people or or whatever like it can be anything that that would help in order to change the reality that where the organizations are in that 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 makes a lot of sense because I, I was thinking that sometimes you feel that you need uh, a longer period to really implement a change because if you think that uh, 
you put something in place in two years, then the money runs out, then you have to apply again and you might not get it. And some projects need a longer term to to succeed and you have to think long term. And that way, if you think in a project in seven years, you can create a big foundation that maybe after those seven years, you won't need any money anymore, for example, because you have implemented a system that supports itself. Uh, true, true that. Uh, and uh, I think that it gives you uh, a lot of safety in, in pursuing your your goals because you know that every year we are, every year every accredited organization will get some money anyway. You know, we, uh, of course, we hope that they would get what they want, but, but it's hard to say because we don't know the next year's budget. We don't know how much they want. Uh, but uh, also the the grants overlap so that what the money you get this year will be going on until one and a half years and already in in the beginning of next year you're applying for the next money so there's a there's a lots of overlap and uh, so you don't really end up in a situation that you don't have any money there's always mm -hmm. some money but mm -hmm. it needs more planning and it needs more to be more more uh, you know Thinking strategic. ahead and yeah. strategic, yeah, yeah. long-term yeah. thinking. Yeah, yeah. I, think I still don't think that we have to expect for like you know, like big changes. It can be we 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 accepted. We had fifteen accreditation uh, accredit. Uh, applications in Finland and we granted eight and they were very different from the you know the capital city youth work which is the uh, city of Helsinki is the biggest employer in Helsinki so the, you know there's no bigger than that to a small local organization who works with young people in institutions who only want to do two activities but they see that this is the way of using the, the projects in their work and it was really nice to see that it can can be so many things mm -hmm. and explain me the mechanics of this so if somebody wants to be accredited they should have applied already was there a deadline no the deadline is ongoing so it, it's no. basically somebody whoever was working in european voluntary service that you could apply for for you know the accreditation in there at any time and then the countries have different timetables when they for example assess the applications we are planning of having two deadlines in like internal that we can't call them deadlines because mm -hmm. there are no deadlines <laughs> but uh, you know the, if you apply before this date then you will be ready to apply for the money next year that kind of deadline so you can be accredited at any time you can apply for accreditation anytime and then you if you want to apply for a budget so if you want to get a budget for the next year well, what deadlines? Are different deadlines or not? No, it's always the first deadline of the year. So okay. in, in the future, it will be like they can apply. Our accredited organizations can apply already now in May, but they can apply every uh, February because February is probably going to be the normal deadline. So okay. every February, they get the money for the next year or okay. half year and a half or something like that. And if for any reason I don't get that money, can I then still apply for a normal deadline of May or October? Yes, and you should, yeah. Of okay. course, like, you know, if only if, you, if you're if you accredited organization, then you cannot have single projects in Key Action 1. 
Mm-hmm. But if you want to make a big development project in Key Action 2, yes, you can. If you want to be a partner in somebody else's organization uh, or project, yes, you can. But you cannot apply for the single ones in your own country. Yeah, you cannot apply for the single ones if you were funded that year already for yes. being an accredited. But I can be accredited and for the seven years. But let's say that in two years, we stopped the long-term projects. So we don't apply for those regular funds for two or three projects. But then we can apply, even if we were accredited, we can apply for the single project. Then you then you have to like terminate your accreditation. So it's okay. one or the other. So there are oh. two ways of the not both. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. That makes sense. Um, is there other uh, issues that change, like other novelties that you that you feel that are very different from the previous um, youth exchange rules? Yes, because the program came and brought up brought us two new priorities that we we normal that we talk about participation of young people, involvement of young people. That's the normal thing we talk about citizenship and Europeanness and, and interculturality. But they brought us two things: digital uh, digitalization and green issues. Okay. And it means that that get on with it now it's uh, it's up to you you are the ones doing these things and you probably have practices that that most of the other people don't know about and start spreading your practices um in practice uh green uh, there's a green travel option so if you uh, plan to use um way of traveling that causes less uh, carbon dioxide emissions or, or you know we're, we're not really clear on what are the, you know, the rules but the idea that if you go on land instead of, of flying then then your travel um, travel ground is a bit higher it's not okay. too much higher but it's a bit higher but the other thing is that you can also add up to six travel days into your youth exchange so that if you really want to come from Finland to Portugal by train you can do it over six, uh, three days and uh, then you would have this daily money for those days as well and I oh, think wow. that it's really nice yeah. okay and in the terms of uh, supporting digital transformation is there digital activities being funded or, or is it just a thematic priority it's a at the moment, it's a thematic priority, and of course, we know that that many uh, groups are already using uh, different kind of digital tools in the planning phase. And as, mm-hmm. for example, in in Finland, Discord is a very popular place for for the groups mm-hmm. to meet and you know hang around even when they're not planning and and whatever. We already have this example of a of a group of young people in Finland and Ireland who have been waiting for the exchange to happen for a year. But they meet um, like weekly in Discord and they discuss and they feel like they know each other already. And oh. they, they already feel that they have learned so much, even though they haven't <laughs> gone on the exchange. And the uh, idea is that, that you also innovate that. How, do, how can you put these elements in, into your projects? It doesn't, it doesn't have to be big and it can be on, on the level of your skills and expectations. But I'm also thinking that, and I'm like 90% sure that in the future, there will be an opportunity to ask 
uh, apply for a grant for virtual activities so that you don't even have to go anywhere and you still get a grant for it. it, mm. it those activities still need money. There's uh, people involved and, and places to be rented and, and all. Yeah. So, um, but the commission has said that that not this year, maybe not next, but then later. Okay, that's good news. Um, we're almost getting to the end of our conversation. Um, we're going to do other episodes about uh, key action two as well and um, and other features of the program. But concerning key action one, uh, there's also a possibility for mobility of youth workers. I know it's not exactly the, the area that you work the most, but is there any kind of significant changes there or other, other activities in key action one? Well, uh, I think... Um the mobility of youth work is a very very nice thing to have because it uh, it allows the the adults working with young people to de develop their organizations their corporations their competences and 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 all of that and the same changes are there as well so you can travel by land and you get a bigger money and you can add uh, travel days you can get the 100 euros per each participant there as well, which is nice. And the same rules about the inclusion costs, because apparently also adults can be in in unfavorable position and, and face like these situations and they can affect them. So um, that's nice. But maybe one thing that I would like to clear for people that many times uh, applicants think that youth worker mobilities are only trainings mm. and then they create these fantastic plans of of trainings that solve every problem in the world mm. that don't have any link to reality or they have no idea who the participants are and uh, at least in Finland we don't grant them at all um, <laughs> because I think that the opportunity there is exactly the thing that if the ground rules are that you can have an activity from length from two days to two months and the number of participants can be from one to 50 it means that you have to look at the needs in your organization and design the project that supports uh, the, the fulfilling those needs i love study visits you know taking people to some other uh, country to see how the work that you do at home is done in somewhere else and uh, yeah. you know meeting people in their real places or use the opportunity to go and job shadow somebody in the work that you are doing in some other countries or look for part you know partners or just have meetings to see if we have anything going on like you know use it so that it, it supports you your work or your future projects or something like mm. that. So there is flexibility on the format. So whatever, so it can be a training, but it can be a seminar or a study visit or anything in between, as long as it's a learning experience. Exactly. Uh, we we in Finland, we, we pay a lot of attention on the fact that, that you are working on a, like a specific need that you all have. And uh, then what you try to create is applicable in your work when you go mm -hmm. back mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think that um, I think that you know a lot of talk about the lean way of working and you know uh, 
agile, agile ways of working. I think youth worker mobility is exactly this. You only do the thing that is needed. It's very lean. You don't have to create a universal project. You answer a certain need. Mm-hmm. It is very agile because you can design it to be whatever you need. And therefore, it can really answer th- those needs that you have. And I'm I'm, I'm so sh- sorry that people think that trainings are the only way of doing it, because they would find so much joy and use if they just understood the, the ways of organizing your youth work mobility. I'm with you on this. I think people have to think of different ways and different learning experiences that they can create and uh, kind of get rid a little bit of what our references. Of course, we grew up with school and then trainings for adults and we have to get out of a bit of that and experiment other things but i I think with a new program probably that will also come more and more Um, very shortly i know that uh, you told me there's something else called participation projects under action key action one yep Uh, what are those well, uh, it's it's a novelty, but it's really not. In the previous program, we talked about youth uh, youth dialogue projects. You know that on the European level, young people are heard about the issues that that link to young people's lives. There's a whole system about it. So mm-hmm. every member state, you have different kinds of local hearings and then national hearings, and then people go to international hearings and European hearings, and that has produced. Uh, um, all all the issues that are now in the European youth strategy and also in the 11 youth goals that the European young people have made. Young people in Europe highlighted certain elements uh, in their lives that the youth work organizers and politicians and countries should take uh, uh, issue with. And they they bring up uh, elements like mental health of, of young people, or the, you know the possibility to participate and you know congregate mm-hmm. and and take part in activities, or have a right to study or work, or you know equality, equity, these kind of issues that are really important for young people. So in youth uh, uh, participation projects. We hope that the young people are inspired by these goals and they want to design a project around one of their favorites. And and the idea can be basically, again, anything. that It's youth involvement. They might involve decision makers in their discussions or they might like to involve some other youth organization abroad mm-hmm. or in their own country and try to you know find ways of uh, discussing their participation in this in the civil society Learning so it can be local it doesn't have to be an international project it doesn't have to yeah like that's the initiatives thing that, in the past mm-hmm. exactly but now, because I, th- I think the thing is that the, also there the money got a bit better because earlier you could only get just, you know, um, I can't remember how it was, but, but, but now now the idea is that you can apply for travel costs in case in your projects you want to go to another town or another country to to you know, run something, and then you can uh, apply money for organizing activities within your project. Okay. So that if you if you go from Finland to Sweden and want to organize something there, then you get money for organizing it. So you don't have to just like live from holy water or something. <laughs> <laughs> this is fantastic. Thank you so much, Pavel. We have a tradition in our podcast 
We also always have a question from the previous guest, and Rui will shout it out right now. <laughs> Get ready. Yeah. And the question from our previous guest is, what uncommon simple thing makes you a happier human being? On my personal life, I say that I feel better after a, the ballet class. I go to a classical ballet class, and even though it's not what 50-year-old men usually do, <laughs> I do it, and I feel that I, it, it makes me feel better. But work-wise, I always come back to the fact that I'm a, I'm a strong believer of youth work, And when I hate my job, you know, when I, I'm frustrated and the pandemic and whatever and things are difficult and I don't know the rules and I have tons of work, I come back to the fact that if we can help the young people to feel worthy, feel they matter, feel they have a role and um, have, have a direction for life, through these activities, then I'm happy. And I, I wish that we could offer it to any young person, any, regardless of the background or their situation, whatever, I feel, you know, moved by my own word. <laughs> <laughs> I also this feel is moved I, by your word. What I yes. honestly believe, and I, I have a great respect for youth workers everywhere, because I think that they are doing the job that the young people need. Oh, it's, it's great to have your, your testimony because uh, also so many times we hear when working with youth workers and beneficiaries, uh, we hear them complaining because an NA is this and NA is officers that. And it's, I think I'm very happy that we have um, a, a project officer from a national agency here and people can hear you and see that you are human and that you want to support <laughs> them. You're not an evil man behind a desk with a red that pen. That has a heart. <laughs> you have actually yeah. a heart. <laughs> Yeah. You're not a machine? <laughs> no, we're not. We, the, the machine is there. It makes us work uniform and sometimes be strict and all that. But I know a lot of good people in, in the national agency. Of course, of course. Now, you can revenge. Maybe the next uh, person here will be an officer from a national agency. <laughs> so you can leave a question for them. What would you question them? Um, how... How would you use World of Warcraft in, in youth work so that it makes a good change? Oh, very cool. So very specific. How, to How would you use World of Warcraft for youth work? Yeah, yeah, so that it makes a positive change in young people's lives. Great question. Rui, I can see your face. It's not to answer right now. Just keep it to yourself. It's for our next <laughs> guest. <laughs> Pavel, thank you so, so much. It was great to have you here. Um, great, to, like I said, to hear somebody that is on the other side of the program and that cares so much. You gave us really valuable information. We will add to the text of the episode the guides, the new guides, uh, the 11 youth goals, and uh, the youth strategy as well. Uh, if, well, whatever we have available, we'll put there. So uh, our listeners can also consult that if they decide to apply. That's nice. Very good. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasant way of talking with you. And I think that we should mention that there's no other side. We're all all, all on the, the same, same side. side. Exactly. You're yeah, so yeah. right. You're so right. <laughs> I, I can see that because I, I'm outside. 
No, but this is what they, maybe another thing you have to understand that we work with the European Commission all the time and people think that those people are far away and on the other side, but no, they're on the same side as well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, my dears. I wish you a good day and yes, see yeah. you around. Yep. Bye. Thanks. Bye. This podcast is produced by Tim Maish with the support of UMAC, University of Applied Sciences.